Appalachian Sustainable Development is working with the Virginia Department of Education to provide locally grown produce to area schools. This week, ASD announced that the work had been given a boost by Go Virginia, a state economic development fund, in the amount of $212,000. The grant funds a two-year initiative called Mobilizing the Supply Chain for Critical Infrastructure. The money facilitates connections between area farmers and local school systems. The project represents the first of a three-phase effort that also includes expanding infrastructure to develop value-added food products and the development of an ASD headquarters that focuses on innovation in agriculture. On the phone today is Sylvia Crum, Director of Communications and Development for Appalachian Sustainable Development. Thanks for joining me, Sylvia. Thanks for having me, Dirk. Before we jump into this discussion about the grant that you have received, I want to talk a little bit about ASD's more recent strategic vision. Could you talk about where ASD finds itself going over the next, say, four to five years? Absolutely. So, you know, we've been around since 1995, Dirk, and our work has always been grounded in sustainable agriculture initiatives that boost local economies. So we have always focused on serving local and regional farmers and helping them have access to markets. A natural evolution of that work has also been then to fight food insecurity in central Appalachia. As we look forward, the work becomes greater and greater um, and is gaining more and more momentum around creating a local and regional food system where there is more supply to meet growing demand, where we've got infrastructure in place to support all kinds of farmers and food producers. Ultimately, knitting that kind of work together will only help the physical counties in ASD's footprint and also neighboring states like West Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, and Kentucky. What is ASD's footprint? So currently we serve about 14 counties in a physical footprint in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Of course, we're not going to allow a quote-unquote physical footprint to hem us in, um, but we also are partnering with lots of farmers and food producers, as I mentioned earlier, in West Virginia, in Kentucky, in Ohio, in North Carolina, and in Tennessee. I'm wondering, as ASD's role grows, if you have farmers who are reaching out to you, are you having to sort of entice them into engaging with you and your goals through a lot of promotion and arm twisting? We communicate with farmers that reach out to us, and we're always recruiting farmers. There's not a lot of arm twisting that goes on because we always want to respect the kind of farming that they do, so whether they're conventional farmers or they desire to be certified organic farmers or natural farmers. Um, but that communication loop is growing and changing all the time. And as more people hear about our work, we often get phone calls or we often have conversations with people that have heard about us um, from a friend that's a farmer. And they're kind of looking at ASD to see how we can help them access markets, if, you know, if, that's, if that's their goal for their farm. And when farmers are praising the work of Appalachian Sustainable Development. What are they saying? Is it about that work in market expansion, or are there other things that they are appreciating in, in the work that you're doing? 
Well, we have for a very long time provided, provided farmers with training and technical support. So getting farmers all of those tools to make them successful in whatever marketplace they're working is critically important. Uh, for farmers that are selling to wholesalers and retailers that work through our food hubs, which is called Appalachian Harvest, which is in Duffield, we provide GAP certification, which is good agricultural practices training, which is required by those wholesalers and retailers. Um, so farmers really appreciate that. Farmers, at the end of the day, they really just want to farm. So they often appreciate our liaisoning work uh, with those buyers and helping them with production plans and purchase plans from buyers for a particular season. Uh, farmers appreciate our work to negotiate the highest rates for them on fruits and vegetables, and most recently even our work uh, with agroforestry and getting farmers that have native botanicals on their property in central Appalachia the highest price points that we can um, with buyers. So there's lots of things that I think farmers really appreciate about our work uh, to help them earn income and stay on their family farms. Well, I wanted to have that discussion to set the stage for what I really want to talk about, and that is the fact that ASD has received a $212,000 grant recently from Go Virginia Region 1, and that is to support a multi-phase project known as Mobilizing the Supply Chain for Critical Infrastructure. And the phase one of that involves the Appalachian Harvest Food Hub Wholesale Buyer Program. Could you talk about that phase uh, first of all, and, and in doing so, explain what that food hub is and what this work with the food hub is going to involve. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So the Appalachian Harvest Food Hub was established in 2000, and it was established at a time when tobacco farmers were losing their allotments. <clears throat> a group of farmers came together and decided instead of growing tobacco, that they would try their hands at growing fruits and vegetables, which then would be sold to retailers. Uh, fast forward to 2022, um, today we serve large national retailers up and down the Northeast Coast, and we provide local and regional farmers with lots of support that they need to get to those markets. So we provide production plans. We talk to farmers about what retailers want to purchase in a given season. And we help those farmers create plans that they feel they can fulfill and then sell through the food hub to those retailers. We provide aggregation. So if one farmer has 12 boxes and one farmer, maybe she has 300 boxes and a couple of other farmers have 50 or 80 boxes, we aggregate all of that produce from a variety of farmers, which we then get on a couple of semis, which we operate out of our facility, and then we also provide that distribution support. So we are then taking local and regionally grown produce from our region up to warehouse distribution sites for retailers and wholesalers. Now, this grant sure. is intended to expand that, accentuate it, through a specific market related to schools. Explain what that is. So historically, we have always sold to retailers and wholesalers. This particular grant allows us to strengthen the supply chain 
four feeding sites in a pilot project that was partially also funded by No Kid Hungry. So the pilot project has a lot of procurement protocols, and it's designed to facilitate the connections between area farmers and local schools. So what we want to do is we want to create accounts with school systems and child care centers, and then we will get them locally grown produce so that kids in these schools and feeding centers are eating fresh, healthy produce that's been primarily grown in the state of Virginia. Is there a lot of nascent or or recent enthusiasm around this? It seems like Richmond has gotten generally excited about this. So is it coming from a desire to provide greater nutrition in the schools? Is it coming from a desire to expand markets for farmers? Or is it hoping to, to do both of those things? It's hoping to do both of those things because it just makes a heck of a lot of common sense. With our food hub serving the region that we've served and the years of experience that we have, we know how to get whole produce from local and regional farmers and then get it to buyers. We've seen over the years um, the quality of the food that some school system and feeding sites are providing kids. And we really feel like there's a lot of work that can be done to get kids to eat more fresh, nutritious produce. We also feel like that there's a lot of room to reduce food waste. Um, So by getting produce out of the fields that may not be harvested, we can provide that um, to schools and to other institutional buyers that may want that. And when I say getting that produce out of the fields, I don't mean that the produce is in any way uh, substandard produce, but I mean that it may not uh, meet the strict aesthetic requirements for a retailer's shelf. So it may be a bell pepper that has an additional lobe, and that bell pepper is not considered to be a quote-unquote first piece of produce. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of produce that we can get to schools and feeding sites to feed children with cost-saving mechanisms if we are using these seconds, which is what they're called, seconds pieces of produce. Um, And also we can impact children's food consumption behaviors, uh, their ability to try new foods, and then eat healthier foods. So you've launched this as a pilot program with No Kid Hungry. Are you able to tell at this point that this is something that is sustainable economically, or will it need to be continually supported in order for schools to benefit from this healthier food? So our that's a great question. Our desire is to continue to work with the Virginia Department of Education and create an incentivized programming at the school and institution levels to where perhaps the Virginia Department of Education would provide funding to schools, and then the expectation would be that those schools would then purchase local and regionally grown produce, primarily from Virginia farmers when possible, because we have to to pay attention to seasonality, right, Mm year-round produce. Um, Those schools then would get their chops around how to purchase local, in-season, fresh, healthy produce from food hubs 
that represent local and regional farmers in the state of Virginia. Sylvia, I want to go to a break and talk a little bit more about this grant, especially as it relates to the other two phases that you're seeing as benefiting from this project. I also want to remind listeners that I am talking today to Sylvia Crum. She is the Director of Communications and Development for Appalachian Sustainable Development. And you are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you are listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. On Monday, July 4th, Appalachian Sustainable Development will be celebrating 50 years in the making. This anniversary celebration will be held in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts at Emory Henry College and will be marked with a concert of old-time blues and bluegrass music featuring many recognized masters of these music forms, including Butch Robbins, Ivy Phillips, Scott Freeman, Jacob Eller, Debbie Yates, Sandy Shortridge, and many more. Again, the concert begins at 7 p.m. on April 4th in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts at Emory and Henry College. For more information about tickets, call 276-944-6333. Again, that number for tickets is 276-944-6333. This March, at the Spring House and the Tumbling Creek Cider Company's Tap Room in Abingdon, Virginia, performances every Saturday at 7 p.m. Featuring the Cody Fair Trio, a three-piece band out of Elizabethton, Chad Cox, an up-and-coming singer-songwriter from Tazewell, Tennessee talent Mick Kite, the Ledgerwoods, who also hosts the show Retroclectic right here on WEHC, a night of Robert Burns poetry brought to you by Michael Henningsen, and Joey's Van for an energizing night of rock, pop, and punk. Tumbling Creek Cider Company crafts heritage full-bodied hard ciders from Southwest Virginia apples, pressed in-house, and fermented on-site. For more information, tumblingcreekcider.com.
And welcome back to Together to Get There. My name is Dirk Moore, and today I am speaking with Sylvia Crum. She is the Director of Communications and Development for Appalachian Sustainable Development. And we have been talking about a grant that ASD has recently received from Go Virginia. It's a $212,000 grant that supports a two-year initiative called Mobilizing the Supply Chain for Critical Infrastructure. We had been talking in the first part of the show about the use of that grant to support a, a supply chain that leads to local schools helping to provide healthy, locally grown food to school children while expanding markets for local farmers. Sylvia, now I want to talk about the other two phases of this initiative. One of them is an infrastructure expansion for producers. Talk about what that infrastructure is and how it will be expanded. Sure. So some of the infrastructure that farmers need um, is infrastructure in the way of equipment uh, that farmers may need to use to plant or harvest on their farms. Um, They may need some infrastructure development to reduce some of their labor costs or even to access some training where we can provide cost sharing. Another thing that we're seeing with the particular incorporation of institutional markets Um, is the need for those markets to have lightly processed fruits and vegetables, which they'll feed to school children. So, for example, uh, COVID-19 really impacted labor pools, and in a lot of cases, labor pools in cafeterias, in schools all around the Commonwealth of Virginia. In some cases, those school systems don't have the capacity, for example, to slice and dice onions for meal prepping or butternut squash to make a puree for a soup that they would serve students. We see a lot of opportunity to create infrastructure um, to provide lightly processed fruits and vegetables that we would purchase from farmers, which then we would sell to school systems and feeding sites. And they're very interested in paying a little bit extra for that lightly processed uh, ingredient. When you so say, that, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Sylvia. When you say lightly processed, is that the same as value-added um, infrastructure, or is that something different? It is something different. So lightly processed would be raw fruits and vegetables that we might slice or dice or chop, and maybe we flash freeze, and then we provide that to the buyer. Value-added products would be things like sauces or chutneys or any kinds of relishes and things like that that farmers could also be interested in producing but need the necessary infrastructure to create. So there are those kind of two different kinds of products that we could then uh, provide the infrastructure for, the build-out for, and then sell to the buyers. So you're looking, though, at both forms of infrastructure for distribution. Yeah, absolutely. And this work really ties in well, particularly the sliced and diced fruits and vegetables coming from raw form to a sliced and diced version, which then someone might use. This ties in really well with our groundwork workforce development program that we launched in 2020. One of the pathways in that program is a food production pathway. And that program is geared for people with barriers to employment. So wouldn't it be wonderful if we could strengthen the offerings to our institutional buyers while also providing 
an opportunity for groundwork participants to do this slicing and dicing of produce. I mean, it's a really, really great development of two or three program areas underneath the underneath the ASD umbrella. Yes, I see. I know. So that's our that's where we have our sites on that kind of program development and that kind of impact local and regionally. I'm wanting then to talk about the third phase of what you're looking at, and that is to have a, a headquarters established where I think a lot of this work that you're talking about can be on display in many ways or where people can get a more tangible experience with ASD to know what it's trying to accomplish in the area. Talk about what that headquarters will look like. So ASD has been looking for some land. We're looking for about 15 to 25 acres. Uh, we we would like to stay in southwest Virginia, although we've also looked at some property in northeast Tennessee where we can really develop an educational campus where agriculture meets innovation. So it would be a campus for on-site opportunities where we would promote agriculture, entrepreneurism. We would have produce sales there. We might have demonstration sites there. We could have some production facilities there. We might have a farm-to-table cafe. Um, we might have all kinds of opportunities, a agriculture education incubator going on there, all kinds of opportunities in one destination where school children could come, where stakeholders could come, where donors could come, where program participants could come, and people could really see and experience all of ASD's good work in one fantastic, creative, inclusive location. Why is this important to ASD? Uh, it's important to us for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is, is that we could always use additional sites for aggregation and distribution. Because of the terrain where we work, um, we know that it's very difficult to get things two and three hours away into the small rural communities that we serve. So having an additional site in a place where there's um, good accessibility for box trucks and semis, um, having a site where there's good traffic flow and opportunities for partners to collaborate can only propel our mission and our work in a region um, where it's just it's just hard to to get around in Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee sometimes. So that's a big part. Um, another part is is that you know we're a nonprofit and we really seek to bring partners to the table. And that collaborative effort is so beautiful when it actually really can happen. Um, we've seen in the last two years with COVID that we've had to do so many things virtually, and we continue to remain committed. To the work, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we had this robust, this bustling campus where all of our great work was going on in a variety of different ways, and people could really embrace it and participate it, participate in it, and learn uh, right there. You know, they could really dig their hands in the dirt. I'm wondering if this helps solve a problem that is often discussed around agriculture in Southwest Virginia, and that is being able to brand the uniqueness of ag products in this region. Do you see this this headquarters, this center, as a place where that can be encouraged? Well, absolutely, we could encourage it, and we would want to encourage it. We would also elevate 
um, the understanding of agriculture as an economic development driver in our region. And also, we'd be able to elevate food insecurity and the good work that we do around feeding hungry families in our region. So there are just so many benefits of having this, as I call it, this agriculture space where innovation meets ag. Um, I'm excited about the opportunities, and we sure hope that we can get some more traction on that this year. I hope uh, that that comes to a reality for you and for the folks at ASD. Sylvia Crum, who is the Director of Communications and Development for Appalachian Sustainable Development, has been talking with me today about a recent grant that ASD has received from Go Virginia Region 1. It is a $212,000 grant supporting a two-year initiative called Mobilizing the Supply Chain for Critical Infrastructure. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for being with me today on the show. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you are listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you for listening.